gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Source Material Comics Podcast. And I am not here alone. All right. I thought to myself, who am I going to call? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be talking about the Ghostbusters tonight. Jesse Starcher's already. <laughs> Jesse Starcher's not going to do that all by his lonesome. No, as a matter of fact, my goodness, Ronnie, I think like I don't know. We've at least talked the Ghostbusters twice. This might be our third time talking about the <laughs> Ghostbusters on this show. So I said, Ronnie Adams, come over, hang out. We'll talk about Ghostbusters Displaced Aggression, which was, this wasn't a book that I chose. Um, Mark chose this book. You know what I was happens like, when we let Mark choose things? <laughs> I wondered what I was going to get myself into. Uh, did you even know this was out there before? No, no, no. Okay. No. So we're both fans of the Ghostbusters. You can go back into the archives and check that out. We're not going to rehash all of that here. But when we say we're fans of the Ghostbusters, we're talking about, most likely we're talking about the film franchise. And we're also maybe, you know, maybe a little bit of the uh, real Ghostbusters. Real Ghostbusters, uh, man. That's right. Throw that in there. The yeah. comics, though, the comics are something that we will read. I never really knew the comics were out there. I know IDW has... Had the, has had this license for a little while, but I've never picked up any Ghostbusters comics with the intent to read them other than for this podcast. So, same. With that being said, Displaced Aggression was not on my radar either. I was like, okay. And then I wondered to myself if Mark Radlich had some ulterior motives and knew what he was doing here, because when we get into this plot of this book, he probably knew it checked some boxes for me. I will go ahead real quick just to kind of set up the creative team, and this is going to be standard source material fare here. Mm. I'm going to go through the synopsis uh, for the first two issues. We'll talk about some of the stuff that we liked, disliked, whatever, and then we'll talk about the last two issues, do the same thing, and then maybe we'll talk a little bit about our expectations for the movie, because even though we're recording this in August, I know that the trailer, the last trailer that hit, got me excited to watch uh, the Ghost Ghostbusters oh, movie. Yeah. Before I get into the creative team here, any anything you want to set out there on the table about the Ghostbusters, this the IDW Ghostbusters, you know, the floor is yours before we get into the uh, the the meat of what we're here to do. IDW uh, is really good about doing pretty good stuff with um, the stuff I grew up on. GI Joe, they did GI Joe for a while. They they've done good jobs with making comic books on stuff that you know that is a little closer to home for me. You know, uh, as far as what I grew up on and what I watched when I was a kid. And so I wasn't too worried about this one, if that makes okay. sense. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I feel the same way. I think you and I, uh, one of the probably, uh, well, I'll say the most challenging IDW series that you and I had the chance to cover in our long podcast history here on Source Material was the huge crossover event that they did bringing like all the toys together transformers gi joe yeah that was um, crazy <laughs> as much of a fan of crossovers as i am watching that unfold on the pages and us talking about it it, it I could tell we weren't the biggest fans. So, but other stuff that they've done that we've read, I've enjoyed. So, yeah. I didn't know what we were going to be getting. I knew it was Ghostbusters, Displaced Aggression. I didn't know. I, I couldn't even figure out what they meant by Displaced Aggression. I was like, is he yeah. angry, but he shouldn't be? Or, <laughs> well, somebody's as soon as angry. I saw it, 
I was like, as soon as I realized what it was, I was like, oh yeah, this is Jesse. <laughs> so the creative team here, uh, just to kind of run it down, we have uh, Scott Lobdell's writing this. Now he is a name that I've heard plenty of, uh, and I'll just kind of run down some of his uh, accolades here from the wiki. Uh, he's been on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's been on Gen 13. He has, mm-hmm. I remember his name a lot. He was definitely on the X-Men. Okay. Notable yeah. works. X-Men, Generation X, Red Hood and the Outlaws, Teen Titans, Superman, Alpha Flight, Happy Death Day. There you go. That's Scott Lobdell. Mm. Wrote for Marvel and DC. The art and colors done by Elias Kiriazis. Easy, easy, buddy. Easy for you to say. Lettering by Neil Uatake and edits by Tom Waltz and Chris Ryle. Now that's straight off of the inside cover here for Ghostbusters Displaced Aggression. Now this was published between two, September of 2009 to December of 2009. That synopsis is coming up. But first, let me talk about Amazon Music. If you're looking for a good platform that can fill those musical needs, Amazon Music has you covered. If you head to getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network, you can get a free 30-day trial where you can check out over 70 million songs. That's getamazonmusic.com slash W, the number 2M Network, for that free 30-day trial. Uh, so the Ghostbusters. I mean, you and I, Ronnie Adams, know who the Ghostbusters are. Oh, absolutely. We got Peter Venkman. We got Ray Stance. We got Egon Spangler. All right. Now, those three Ghostbusters have been scattered across time. Winston, he's been left in present day New York. But the other three, Peter Venkman, Ray Stance, and Egon Spangler, have been scattered throughout time by How an entity. Winston always left behind? They were scattered throughout, by, throughout time by an entity called Koza Rai, who just so happens to be the father of Gozer. Uh, you remember Gozer, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our first issue focuses on Pete, who has been stranded in the Old West and has made a name for himself, saving local citizens from horrible haunts. <laughs> but, uh, luckily, when the GBs were sent away, they were able to take their equipment with them. A lady by the name of Rachel Unglider appears out of thin air with the Ecto-10, explaining she was a student of Egon's and has since become a member of the resistance to Koza Rai's rule. She's been able to modify the Ecto-10 to travel in time and is there to rescue Pete to take him back. Pete enlists her help to take out some ghosts to save the town and hops in the Ecto-10 with their next stop being medieval England to rescue Ray Stance. Arriving at their target time period, Rachel and Pete find King Arthur, who says he knows Ray personally and he's been helping Camelot with some spectral fire-breathing dragons who have taken a bunch of his people prisoner. When Rachel and Pete agree to help Ray rescue the citizens of Camelot, they find that the demons and ghosts are attempting to bring back Morgan Le Fay into this dimension Mm. and have partially succeeded as she is almost corporeal. Through some trickery, Pete is able to convince Morgan he wishes to join her side. However, when he gets close enough, he overloads a proton pack at her feet in order to weaken and capture her. Ray says his goodbyes to a thankful King Arthur as they fly the Ecto-10 into time. So that's our first two issues here. We got Pete's in the Old West. They got to go back, get him. Then Ray's in the medieval times. We got to go and grab him. Uh, But in each issue, they just got to kind of take care of whatever challenges they face at that time and then then move on the wild card and all this and i'm going to throw this to you ronnie we have this character rachel unglider 
who shows up. I, I just want to ask you, I mean, in these first two issues, what were your what were your thoughts here of this character? I had to check when this was uh, when this was actually published because yeah. I thought at first when I first saw her, I was like, it's 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 the one from the women Ghostbuster movie. Yep. I thought the same thing when I was looking at her. I was like, wait a second, but I don't believe that I, that was the character, right? She wasn't. No. I, I okay. So before I get canceled, <laughs> I, I do not find anything wrong with that movie because the lead characters are now are women. Yeah. No, in fact, I was kind of looking forward to that fresh take on it mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, come on from there. But in my opinion, the cast was lacking. Uh, the writing was terrible and it just wasn't a good movie. Yeah, this was like, OK, so this came out in 2009. And yeah, so I was I, like, oh, OK, yeah, that was way what we're talking like. 2016. Okay, so yeah. So we were a good ways before. One of the things I didn't understand that happened, and it ha- I had to read it twice because I, I thought like something had was wrong with the issue I was reading. She mentions she's a student, and then what ends up happening is Ray's like, what do you mean? You know, Egon never taught at whatever university it was. He stopped yeah. that so-and-so. And you see her eyes like turn fiery red or all of a sudden, like time repeats itself. Yeah. We go back like five, five, like 30 seconds. We go back like 30 seconds. You know, we see that same conversation and all of a sudden Ray's perfectly fine with the explanation that uh, Pete gives her or gives him. Yeah. That so what do you think? What the crap for me too. <laughs> um, so like it was good. Uh, yeah. I'm not completely sold on it yet. When it, when it comes to stuff like this, I'm very open, you know, sure. to what they're going to do. But it better be really good. Um, <laughs> and and thus far, this was this was okay. It, it was a little too Turtles and Tom for me. Ah, yeah. Um, you know, the third Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. So, but so far, I mean, like, okay, you know, they, they started doing something with it. I mean, it was fun. I mean, it's fun so far. And I just want, I maybe want to see where they were going to go with it afterwards. Yeah, so, I mean, it kept me going, but, you know, it was just like, man, I was looking for something a little more, I don't know, a little closer to home as far as, you know, Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely different seeing the team scattered across time. We got this new character coming in there. We really don't know if she's who she says she is. She's obviously got some kind of power of some sort. I don't know what in the world is going on at this point with the first two issues. It's almost kind of like cookie cutter too. these first two issues. When it comes to like the the time periods, like okay, uh, Venkman's in the old west. Where where are we going? I mean, if you would have said, where do you think they're going to go next? Gave me three guesses. I bet you I would have said, well, they're probably going to go to medieval times next, and oh, that yeah. would have been, you know, just because I was like, I bet you that's what's going to happen. Kozarai, I mean, I had you ever heard that name before? Uh, no. The, okay. All right. They did mention, uh, of course, they mentioned Gozer. They also mentioned the the big bad from the second one. What is his name? Vigo? Vigo, yeah. Morgan Le Fay was in, I mean, Morgan Le Fay was also, of course, we're talking King Arthur. Uh, they had to throw in some of that legend in there. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty neat. But, you know, these first two issues also as well. The Ecto-10, you, I'm not used to that name, but obviously. You know, no, that was it, weird. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's muscling in on my DeLorean territory. It really is. It really is. And then what's with the blue, the black and yellow, the black jumpsuits and the green, um, I mean, the yellow gloves? Yeah, you know, I I have this feeling like we are in the middle of continuity. So, yeah, um, something. Something's not going right here. We're, we're not. Yeah, th- this is not like a one-off, hey, uh, it's, it's a whole new Ghostbusters tale. 
this feels like okay there was definitely some crap that hit the fan right before right. before this issue before this storyline and they were like okay how are we going to write that uh you know how are we going to write the next chapter of this story all right we'll use a we'll just do a four issue miniseries of it i wonder if rachel had potentially appeared in previous issues to this maybe uh well you know what let's let's just go let's go to the internet and find okay. out rachel why not, right? Yeah, uh, appearances. IDW's Ghostbusters Displaced Aggression, issues one through four. And then she was also in Ghostbusters Crossing Over, mm-hmm. issues six, seven, and eight. There is apparently an issue six of volume one of the Ghost ongoing series. So uh, she she feels like she has this huge history. Or at yeah. least, you know, you're kind of like, okay, what is her motivation? What is she doing? Why is she here? As far as the first two issues go, I mean, like I said, they weren't anything crazy special, but they were fun. They were good. All right, well, let's go ahead. We'll get into issues three and four here then. Pete, Ray, and Rachel arrive in the future, and I think it's actually on Mars, to find Egon. (laughs) So now I wouldn't have been able to predict this, okay? (laughs) Right, yeah. This is where it lost me. When mingling on the streets trying to find Egon, suddenly an alarm sounds and everyone scatters for cover. Thousands of small demons drop from the sky but are smashed against a force field. When the threat passes, Egon's face appears as a hologram telling the people they are safe. Egon is looked on as practically a god. The team is taken prisoner for not bowing to him and are going to be taken to him personally to determine punishment. When they get there, there is a very Wizard of Oz feel as a large large hologram of Egon's head hovers over them. But when they finally find the real Egon, he has no idea who they are. So they do the next best thing and punch him in the face to knock him out and take him back to the (laughs) Ecto-10. Like you do. You do. Narrowly escaping, they get him out of the future and back to present day New York, where Egon regains himself, stating he suffered from chronological dysplasia and wants to get back to his lab. However, mm-hmm. it lies in ruins with the rest of the city thanks to Koza Rai using his demonic forces to take over. Side note here uh, for issue three, like I said, Winston is in present day. Try, he's actually trying to protect the people of New York and is apparently hoping, he, he obviously knows who Rachel is and he's kind of hoping that she comes through. There's a bit of history there, uh, and uh, we see Winston, who he's uh, he's got a sledgehammer, and he is cleaning up the town, I guess you'd say. <laughs> yeah, very, it was the like a John Henry vibe, you know? Very much. So going into issue four, Ray figures out that Kozarai is attempting to align Stonehenge, the Stonehenge stones, which have been transported into Central Park, in order to perform a ritual to send everyone into the depths of Hades while swapping places with the demons and ghosts that are already there. When they tell Egon about how Rachel saved them, he attempts to tell them he does not know who she is just before a squad of demons interrupts and captures them. While in their cell, a sewer grate pops up and Winston Zedmore appears with their proton packs and equipment. When the trio finally begin to question Rachel, Winston steps in and explains that even though she has her secrets, he trusts her with his life. Escaping, the team split up to try to fight the demons and destroy Stonehenge. During the chaos, Rachel finally tells Peter that she is the half-sister to Gozer and stepdaughter to Koza Rai. And rebelling against her family, she used her own power to get the Ecto-10 through time. When Rachel grabs mm. one of the still-roped-up sto- still stones, she lets it loose and it crashes into another, causing the Stonehenge formation to fall like dominoes. This pulls the demons back into the portal, but also pulls Rachel in as well. 
When the portal closes, New York is back to normal and the GBs celebrate. So the Ghostbusters have saved the day. Uh, we have uh, Rachel. We finally figure out that she's a demon uh, or half demon or whatever. Whatever she, Gozer was. Yeah, whatever Go. Yeah, whatever Gozer well, was. Gozer was a god, wasn't she? Either a god or a demigod or something like that. Let me let me just real quick before I forget. I want to talk about just the small, tiny little epilogue at the end of uh, episode yeah. four, issue four, uh, which is called and and then get this. This is great. It is titled. Secretary extraordinaire Janine in Working <laughs> Overtime. So this was written by Elias Kiriazis, illustrated by Michael Dialinus. All right, so get this. Pete, Ray, and Egon weren't the only ones sent across time. Janine was as well. She ends up in like 1700s France, if I remember right. Looked like it, yeah, yeah. And, and she's trying to make the best of it. She's also got some of her equip, uh, some, some of the Ghostbusters equipment. So she goes around very similar to what Pete was, well, the rest of the Ghostbusters were doing. Yeah. They were cleaning, uh, taking care of some of the ghosts around there. And she ends up finding the ghost of Leonardo da Vinci in the, like the attic of this castle or something. And she <laughs> convinces him to help her like continue to invent stuff. And she becomes like the Ghostbusters of this era and puts together this team. And as her team grows in numbers they, uh, and experience, they are called into a large slime entity that has covered the village. And when they arrive, Janine finds the Ghostbusters have appeared and have come to bring her back to the present, which had me scratching my head. Yeah. Because... Rachel was the source of the uh, time travel. I'm pretty sure she was the one using her own power to, to travel, uh, get the Ecto-10 to travel through time. So I didn't see Rachel at all in this story. And so it made me, yeah, it made me think like, okay, well, if she was the one, did Egon just decide to invent time travel? <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, you know, like you do. I know. I was like, I, I didn't know. I had no idea. I, unless maybe like Rachel did something to the Ecto-10 as well that allowed it to go through time. She was saying she was using her own power, but either way. Yeah, I, this one, I'll be honest with you. I knew there was a chance you'd say something about it or you want to talk about it. <laughs> I just decided not to read well, it not, because I read the first like couple panels. I was like, I don't think I'm going to like this. Um, and I, you know, I hate to be that guy. You know, I really do. But I was just like, eh, let's stick to the main storyline here and um, and we'll go from there. Yeah, it's just it's just extra. It's it, there is nothing that happens in this that's as of consequence other than I think Janine may have she had relations with a pirate. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, eh, OK, that was right, weird. <laughs> but anyway, so, OK, yeah, let's go back to the main story. What do you think of issue three with Egon? being the the wizard of oz and a bit of an ego on him there that makes sense not the ego part that's what i want to talk about that too it, it does if you lose who you are yeah i mean you know you you slap a silly word on it and and that explains everything i've always had a soft spot for egon mm -hmm. so it was kind of cool to see him be that guy I don't know. It, 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 it was like this whole thing kind of struck me weird. <laughs> it was weird. It was strange to see him like now he wasn't like this horrible. Oh, he wasn't like a giant douche about anything. Yeah. But yeah, it was like you guys, you know, I, I just want to let you guys know I saved your life for like the thousandth time. It'll be nice if you kind of gave me a showed me a little gratitude of all the things he uses the Wizard of Oz thing, which is pretty right. funny. Like, oh, we're going to go show you our master. And everybody on Mars uh, is just perfectly content with just this hologram head being there and being <laughs> the ruler, apparently. I will tell you that with Rachel, I wanted to know more. And just looking at what we got, 
This character seemed to add a little bit more to the story, and I wouldn't mind having her around for a little bit longer. But, I mean, by the end of the fourth issue, she's gone. She looks like she yeah, gets she's out. Yeah, I mean, I think she just gets pulled back into the portal. But still, I'm like, it's almost like they don't even acknowledge the fact that she's gone. New York's, I mean, they kind of do, but New York's back to normal. And the Ghostbusters are like, this is the end of the first movie. You know, they're they're down on they're down on the street and they're they're celebrating with uh, yeah. the rest of New York and they're having a good time. And not only that, but Koza Rai, who I thought had like turned New York into this hellscape. I thought mm. that was like something he had done after years of rule. But right. as soon as they beat him and pull him into the portal, everything changes. I was like, OK. Well, oh, yeah. I guess. I read too much into this, wanting it to be more than it actually was. Me too. I know I completely agree with you on that. I wanted I, I wanted Ghostbusters like quality film quality comic book out of this. Mm-hmm. When I should have known I was going to get comic book quality comic book out of this. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, it was good. Don't get me wrong. It left me it left me wanting in some places. You can't, I'm, I'm not asking for like uh, a Citizen Kane out of every movie or, uh, you know, Pride and Prejudice or, you know, a War and Peace out of every comic book. It's just one of those things where like I'm like, you know, a little more story <laughs> wouldn't be bad. Four a little issues. more depth to the story. Agreed. Four issues. It seemed like it was really quick. Um, yeah. Maybe there's just, you know, we got Koza Ride. Maybe there's this huge continuity that's happened before this. Right. And, and we don't know about it. We don't know about it. But the thing is, is that, look, if you're bringing people in to Ghostbusters Displaced Aggression issue one, what you need to have is on that back of the front cover or that first page. You definitely need one of those things that says the story so far. Yeah, absolutely. It it says, oh, Kozarai happened. This happened so and so. And, you know, Winston and all of them. This is what happened. What I thought initially when we opened this up, I thought we were going to get like a black label or a what if version. Yeah, yeah. Of the Ghostbusters, like, what if the Ghostbusters were in the Old West? They were Old West and old-timey guys. And I was like, okay, well. And then all of a sudden I see, what's funny is I believe that at first. Because I was going down through it, and I'm like, oh, this... Uh, or the proton pack that Venkman has on his back looks like a really old something that Doc Brown invented. Right, uh, right. The whole in, the wooden frame and and all that good stuff. I mean, yeah. it's really cool. But it, you found out that you know he had to invent his own stuff, his his own you know containment unit and everything. So which that's another thing. Like, look, maybe I don't give Venkman enough credit. <laughs> but no, I'm, you're is, uh, no. I know where you're going with this, and no, you're right. I mean, like we're both pretty big. Ghost we know who these guys are. Yeah. yeah, we know who they are. And Vinkman ain't that guy. Vinkman is not the scientist. He is not the guy that put the containment unit in the bottom of the firehouse. Right. He is, here he's got this containment unit that's uh, like a well, which, uh, you know, that, that reminds me. That reminds me of the movie. I mean, this is 2009. We're reading this. And I'm like, you know, I remember in the, the shot in the movie that's upcoming where the the ghosts are coming. It looks like the ghosts are coming out of the well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, anyway, yeah, it, it reminded me, uh, or he was putting stuff in a containment unit and I'm like, okay. And then the, what if thing kind of passed and I'll tell you where it happened. There was this panel after he is, he, he met a, a nice lady. They stayed the night together. So he 
he's sitting in this bathtub uh, and he's talking to this girl as she's getting dressed. And the girl says, doctor, that was amazing. He says, I get that all the time. That and how did you get my number? And I'm like, whoa, wait a second. There's no phones back then. What's going on? And that's when I realized, oh, yeah. this is time travel. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now I get it. But anyway, yeah, that's what I was thought we were initially getting. I thought we was going to be getting what ifs. Uh, and that was not the case. But yeah, it's just just like you said, it's kind of like a here we are. This is what happened. We got somebody to help us out. She's the thing that has to be there in order to get these guys back together. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, at least give me a little something. Yeah. To kind of go off of. I mean, seeing her kind of reset time was neat. And I was like, oh, she's evil. This is not going to be good. She's there to torture them. That's not that. That's not the case. She's just she's just trying to she's just trying to hide what's going on. We don't learn about these secrets other than at the very end. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm the Gozer's half sister or something. And I'm like, okay. Okay. All right. All right. That was dumb. And what, what? then she goes. <laughs> there she goes. She's disappearing into the portal. All right. And then, I mean, then they, they kissed. It's like some guy watched or, or somebody watched Ghostbusters said, hey, that was pretty cool. I'd like to write something like that. Attempted to write Ghostbusters. And not and did not write Ghostbusters. And Basically, in my opinion, what you're doing is just regurgitating all uh, in the movie, and then you're you're doing a whole time travel thing on there. No offense, none taken, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters were never really like. Now, Ghostbusters never really did time travel, and they were like, "Yeah, this should be fine. This this is fine. Everything's fine." Like the like the the meme of the dog sitting there with the whole house on fire, and he's like, "This is fine." <laughs> And, and it's not that serious because overall it was a fun it was a fun little um, comic book. Just to me, wasn't didn't wasn't Ghostbusters. The biggest thing that you get out of this is Kozer Rai is Gozer is related to Gozer somehow. The mm-hmm. rest of it is just them fighting ghosts. You don't get any history. I mean, when you and I did. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Now everybody's got to get their uh, everybody's got to get their stuff in. Turtles have got to say Cowabunga. The Ghostbusters, you, you know, Egon and Egon and Donatello or Ray Stance and Donatello have got to team up at some point because yeah. they're, the, they're the smart guys. But that was very similar here. Like there was some like we got to get our stuff in sometimes. But do the thing, do the thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> who are you gonna call? Mm. <laughs> and you don't get a really flesh out villain we got that in the i think in the teenage mutant ninja turtles ghostbusters yeah we knew who that villain was and we got a good background as to who it was and what their motivation was because is just like hey it's almost like you he's just there for them to beat and that's it yeah yeah no 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 absolutely I, i agree with that that's all there is but i mean i wasn't i read the i read the book i wasn't like completely taken out of it in any way i enjoyed yeah. what I, I enjoyed what i read it's just you know this isn't something where i'm like man you gotta read displaced aggression you wouldn't believe what happens in that one nothing happens in it really <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing happens well okay unfortunately that is true what'd you think of the art i mean i we, we've criticized the art was actually really good I, I i was surprised by that yeah, I didn't mind it at all. There wasn't anything that it's what I expect from IDW. We'll yeah, put it that absolutely. Way. It's it's what I would expect, and you know, I didn't have any issues with it. We're done talking about the book. I want to know: Are you excited uh, for Ghostbusters Afterlife? I am, man. I'm a Paul Rudd fan. 
I think he's got a Dorian Gray thing going on because he doesn't age. Yes. He can carry a movie and make it good. Yeah. And that's what they need. They need somebody to be able to carry this movie and make it good. Well, I can tell you my daughter is a very, very big fan of Finn Wolfhart. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good actor. She took pictures and printed off pictures of him. She had a pillow made with him on it. Weird. Yeah, she's she's that big of a fan. Should have never showed her Stranger Things. I shouldn't say that. That's a good show. <laughs> but anyway. Show. Big fan of him. Uh, big fan of that entire show and those kids. I think they're great. I think they're great little actors and actresses. Um, I think he's going to be amazing in this show. Also, yeah. your daughter. I mean, like you can tell she's a really uh, she's really a fan because kids started out rough in that show. Like they legitimately called him Frogface in it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's Kira. She identifies with the the downtrodden and the outcasts. <laughs> We've come to the end. I don't know what else to do. I thought to myself, I knew this was going to be a quick episode. I was yeah. sitting there like, there's not much to say here. This is one of those, oh, what does Mark call it? The uh, the death of Hawkman, where you just watch or you read what happens in front of you and you're just like, eh, okay. Yeah, he died. <laughs> don't have one. Yeah, he died. You just he died, all right. You just don't have a whole lot to say about it. And that's kind of what this was. But regardless, I got you to read a comic book with me and talk about it. Absolutely. That's what it's about right there. That's right. I don't, Tell me get to hang, I don't get to hang out with you enough. I know it. I know it. As if, You're back, though, right? Uh, yeah. I, I, by this time in November, I'm mm-hmm. definitely back. Tell me about what you got going on, Ronnie Adams. I, I mean, you don't have to future plug yourself. All right. I don't even know what the hell just came out of my mouth. I don't right? know what's going to happen in November. <laughs> God, I'm not Mark. Plugs. Hey, it's plug time, and you all know what that means. This will be a good time to plug the sponsor of the W2M Network, and that is Grammarly. For you, the listeners of Source Material, Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com W, the number two, M network to download Grammarly for free. In general, where the heck can people find you? Ma'am, I do a stream now. I went from podcasting to streaming. And I stream a lot of stuff, but mostly I stream Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. I enjoy Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it's a fun game. We actually, okay, le- legit, I have a live play uh, stream on Twitch. Our group is called Misfits and Miscreants, and we we meet every other Saturday. The cool thing about it is it's a, it's a little bit of acting, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of math, and a whole lot of just be, us being dumb. On my channel, on my Twitch channel, let me just let me do this easily. On my Twitch channel, you're going to find my big dumb head playing video games. Like I've been playing Assassin's Creed Black Flag lately. Last a couple of Tuesdays ago, we had me and two gentlemen from Ohio. I can't remember what parts from Ohio they're from. Uh, forgive me, but they live about an hour away from each other. Okay. Now we met through an online convention. The, well, it's a convention, but it had to go online called GaryCon, which is a celebration of Gary Gygax's life. Uh-huh. Gary Gygax is one of the creators of Dungeons and Dragons. So we met online. They both played in one of my games that I DM'd online. I played in one of the others. Uh, you know, I was like, hey, I got this group. I got this Discord. 
Uh, and so they joined the Discord, and we talk all the time. And I said, hey, you two, let's, I want you two to come in. And we played, uh, I was the keeper of Arcane Lore form for a game of Call of Cthulhu 7th edition. Uh, if you know anything about Call of Cthulhu, nobody wins that game. Nobody. <laughs> Uh, it was a lot of fun. You can check it out. It's still on our still on our Twitch. I'm going to upload it to YouTube soon. We're going to be playing some board games, like uh, some card games, things like that. There's a fun one called Bang that we play. There are uh, some other board games. We just want to bring a lot of gaming content to the channel, and we're, we're getting that way. So there's going to be a, uh, multiple role-playing games going on on the channel, and then some other stuff to fill in. And then you'll see my big dumb head playing video games every once in a while. It sounds like a good time for sure. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, we base everything out of our, our local game store here in Burlington, North Carolina called Hypermind. Hypermind is an amazing store. If you're anywhere in the triad area, stop in, see Denise, the owner, or whoever's running the store that day. I, I have no life, so I'm usually there. <laughs> um, uh, you have definitely contributed to some uh, previous shows. I know that mm-hmm. you, you were on... Oh, what was it called? Uh, Mythica? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've uh, Mark wanted him to I was asking, hey, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And everybody was taking all, like, uh, quote, unquote, the good stuff that I wanted to do. You know, uh-huh. like the Marvel movies and all that crap. And I get it because, you know, I, 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 I semi-retired my podcasting microphone. But then I was like, what the crap? Go outside the box. I said, hey, Ma- hey Mark, you up for watching five movies? Five Let's do the Mythica, Mythica series. And they're only about an hour and a half long. Uh, you know, they're no, they're no more than two hours long. There's not, I don't think there is one that's two hours long. And Mythica is just a is a series of movies that is like the perfect Dungeons and Dragons scenario, like the perfect role playing. I mean, like the perfect campaign, great storytelling with sci-fi movie network, uh, budget (laughs) sci-fi network movie budget. It actually, uh, the big bad guy in it is actually Matthew Mercer, uh, who is a voice actor also, uh, not just a voice actor, but he is from Critical Role fame, where he is the dungeon master. He is considered one of the one of, if not the best, dungeon master in the world. Where he would say, "No, I'm not. Uh, you're just <laughs> as good as me." You know, everybody's different, which I appreciate out of him. But it is, it, it was silly. It's fun. It's good. It's not. It's not going to win any awards, that's for sure. Just a good time. So Mark actually really enjoyed it, he said. Yeah. And so I was really happy to expose him to that. So I was on Mythica. I've been on several. I was Sweet Tooth uh, with Mark. That's right. So we did the the comic and the show. I I appreciate you coming on the show. You know, for for myself, I do a podcast called Unspoken Issues. Uh, It's a 90s. 90s podcast anybody has the opportunity to go check that out we're like closing in on episode 40 uh we it's just okay yeah <laughs> well, episode 40 <laughs> sorry episode 40 uh and i can tell you that we just uh, one of the most recent episodes i completed and uploaded was on transformers generation 2 mm-hmm. uh so if you're a transformers fan generation 2 may make you think oh man optimus prime and all of them are just kind of tossed to the side now no that's not the case this one this one still focuses on optimus prime megatron their war against each other and then a new threat arrives so and it's our long form of this thing we did the first six issues recently and the next six the last six issues should be coming out the week after that okay Uh, just yeah you got me like 
I want to listen to him, but who, who's the new threat? <laughs> oh, 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 did I did I tease it a little bit there? A little bit. Yeah, who is the new threat? Yeah, solid. Uh, you now you can you don't have to pick up the issues. You can listen to my podcast. Issues one through six, right there, are on the archive and in the archive at the same I, time. I was legit and asking who it was, but I guess I'll have to listen to it now. Uh, it's. You ever heard of that one? Didn't have but, to tell me. I mean, we don't want you're giving away the cow, the milk without buying the cow. Oh, edit, all edited out. Obviously, what I'm what I'm going to do is I want to bleep myself. Yes, I was going to say <laughs> you need to bleep that so you know leave leave our banter in. Uh, anyway, yeah, you can go check that out. And oh, hey, by the time this airs, I guarantee you the other episode that we have, we did we did a two episode feature on. Well, it was a two episode feature. We usually we let people vote on what the podcast, what content we're going to cover. So if it, it, what we usually do is we put a poll up of some '90s comics uh, and we re- read one issue. So Armstrong's like, I'm going to throw up uh, Doug Man number five versus Rocco's Modern Life number seven, and I'm like, I don't even know what the hell these things are. I know Rocco's Modern Life is a cartoon, and so was Duck Man. It ended up being a tie somehow. Ten people voted for uh, ten people each voted for each one. So we were like, okay, well, I guess we covered both issues. We covered both issues, and they were silly. I will tell you that much. But they're from the 90s, and they're animated uh, comics, uh, or animated comics, animated characters. Uh, both anthropomorphic, too, which I don't think he meant to do that. And I don't think he meant to choose this the last issue for each series. I think he was just choosing random issues, and he, <laughs> we found out that they were both the last issues of each series. It was pretty crazy. But anyway, I'm not plugging anything else. I just know that, Ronnie Adams, it's been good to have you back here, and it's good. Absolutely, my friend. Well, for Ronnie Adams, I'm Jesse Starcher. We'll be catching you next time on the Source Material Comics Podcast. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you all for joining us. Make sure to give that Rattlich in Broadcasting Facebook page a like to stay up on top of all the great podcasts we have to offer. We are at home on Spreaker, but you can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and recently we have hit the air on Spotify. Find your favorite podcast platform and type in R-A-D-U-L-I-C-H to subscribe for some great content. If you enjoyed this show, please feel free to share and spread the word. And as always, we appreciate any feedback and look forward to entertaining you again soon.